That seems really a little bit too like caveman-y. Well, we could try singing a sea shanty instead. Don't worry, they'll get to the point eventually. They have a point, right? Right? It's Founder Quest time! You know how we had that recent episode with John Nunemaker about Flipper and, and feature flags and that sort of thing? Yeah. Before, that was, oh, like a podcast was... episode? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought you meant like the dramatic episode. It's just another, it's just <laughs> another, another episode with John. <laughs> oh my God. That guy. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that was a good conversation. Yeah. So we talked in that conversation about using Flipper in Honey Badger because we've been using Rollout for our feature flags, which if... If you didn't listen to that episode, you don't know what a feature flag is. It's, it's a branch in your code that conditionally runs some feature. So you can limit it when you deploy it to people and you don't have to deploy a new thing to all your customers at the same time. You can test yeah. it live. I'm not and sure if the, we actually explained it in that episode. Maybe, so this, yeah, maybe this will be good background. <laughs> I wasn't there. So I'm usually the driving force behind backing up and explaining Yeah, stars, stars get always, yeah. Oh, I'll I forget about, about that, yeah. So I, I went ahead and, and did that. I put a flipper in Honey Badger and tested a new feature. So we are, you know, switching from Postgres to DynamoDB for our notice storage. That's every occurrence of every error. It's a lot of data. And we've been, we, we cut over a few weeks ago to be reading from that data in Dynamo because now it's fully, you know, it's populated with the past months of data and it's being updated, you know. So we're basically writing to two places and now it's time to read from the new place. So I tested that with Flipper. And I'm so glad that I used Flipper for that feature because it saved my bacon this week. I deployed the, uh, the reading from Dynamo. So we've been doing reading for a while. And what I deployed this week was not writing to Postgres anymore. So stopping the dual writes. And uh, so I, I put that behind a feature flag and I turned it on just for my projects. And I'm so glad that I did. Because I found a bug that really, really would have caused blow up. issues for all of our customers if I had deployed that, you know, just willy-nilly. So yay for feature flags, yay for Flipper, go use it. It's a great thing. That's is, awesome. Is, is willy-nilly. <laughs> is, is that a Ruby joke? <laughs> <laughs> How much money do you think that was worth avoiding that mistake? How much would you pay to do that? $1,000? $10,000? Yeah, it's, it's got to be a more than $1,000 for sure. Okay, we're trying to help John with his pricing here. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm sure that Flipper costs a lot less than $1,000. Yeah, it does. And it's worth every penny. Wow, yeah. look at that. Real product placement. We're growing up. Look at this <laughs> podcast we're doing. We just slid that right in. Yeah, and, and other infrastructure news, I got to say that having your primary search cluster die is not a fun experience especially when it happens at no. 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. But I will say this, like Amazon, props to Amazon, because we host our Elasticsearch cluster with Amazon. So yay for not having to figure out how to be an expert at running Elasticsearch myself and having to repair things when they went sideways. But also like the tech support was great. They zeroed in on what the issue was. It's, it's our fault, apparently. Well, kind of. Like, so what, so what the real explanation is like, Everything was looking fine to me. Like all the stats were green. I had monitored like six different things based on the documentation that, that Amazon provided. All those things were fine. There were no alarms. It just died. And so I'm like, what the heck's going on? That's why I opened a ticket. And it took them a while to find out what was going on. Like 
It took them, oh, I don't know, two or three hours because they were a little perplexed, like everything looked fine. But really what it came down to was the CPU spikes that we had. They, we had some CPU spikes that went over 90%. And this was not in their documentation, but apparently that's a really bad thing. And we had enough of those spikes that it just gave up the ghost finally. And so they encouraged us to upgrade the cluster, which I did. And once that was all done and deployed, then everything was fine. Uh, so I made a you know suggestion that they might update their documentation for monitoring that particular mm -hmm. uh, metric. And they appreciated that suggestion. But after things were all good yesterday and you know I had gone and I was decompressing and things were back to normal, I had done the backfill, I was feeling pretty, pretty good about where we were. Like we didn't have, you know, it wasn't a hair on fire situation, right? Like the app has been architected so that even if we lost our search cluster, it's okay. Like the whole app doesn't die, right? You can still use Honey Badger. We're still processing errors. We're still sending alerts. People are still using the UI. And the, you know, the way that we decided to, to ingest data into the search cluster was, you know, kind of delayed or, you know, put in a separate queue so that we could still be processing data and we could, you know, replay that data when the cluster came back and was ready for indexing. And I had just spent, you know, several hours on building some pretty awesome, in my opinion, uh, backfill scripts using like SQS and Lambda. So like all I had to do was queue up all those things that didn't get processed and they got processed. They got, you know, backfilled. So yesterday afternoon, I was just, I was looking out my kitchen window and I was feeling pretty happy. I was like, you know, that went awesome. really, really well for having such a really bad thing happen. So yeah. Yeah. And it does good. like, I noticed yesterday that like the outages we have been having lately seem to not usually even be our fault. Like it's like when Amazon has an issue, which I guess the way you look at it, like it, you know, at, on one hand, we're kind of at Amazon's mercy now. I think that's, that's also the, that's the other side of the story, but it is nice that like, it's, you know, we're not dealing with the actual, like the failures that you get if you're like running your own box or something that you're responsible for like every little like network failures, for instance, like when we used to have like, you know, DNS go out, you know, go out or something or those types of things. It's nice not having those types of issues. I'd much rather be at Amazon's mercy, I think, than be at the mercy of myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Still though, like, I don't know, this has a little bit of the sort of like a nostalgic flavor to it, right? Just like a random, like, oh, if your CPU usage goes over X amount, like your, your cluster just dies. Like that's got a little bit of the old, like that's, that's the elastic search I know and love from back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, nice, the, like, it's nice to stay in touch with our roots every now and again. It's, it seems like that would be the kind of thing that they could at least like have a default notification for. Like if they know that that's a terrible situation, why don't they just like have an email that automatically like it sends you and like, oh, we noticed like you're not monitoring, you know, those sorts of things. Is that like out of... I could see yeah. why you wouldn't want to, but like, it just seems like it would be a nice touch. That's not the way Amazon does. It's things. not Amazon. I know. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really yeah. a sharp knives kind of company. It's like, here, here's all the tools and, and yeah. we'll give you some good guidance, but you have to go and look for that guidance. And I mean, literally we have like eight alarms, CloudWatch alarms set up for our Elasticsearch cluster. All of them came from the documentation where 
Amazon says, here, you should monitor this metric and it should not go over this threshold for this long. I'm like, okay, you know, mm -hmm. plug those numbers in and I got my alarms, but they're not going to, you know, force you to do it. But yeah, I guess a more curated experience would be, they would say, here, here's all the pre-configured alarms based on our recommendations. And then you can turn them off if you don't want them, but we really think you should yeah. have them, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's a suggestion I should make to them. I'm but pretty yeah. sure they'll just laugh at you. <laughs> it's not, they assume you know what you're doing. They're like, sure, we'll just go tell Jeff that right away. <laughs> we'll just, I guess he's not yeah. even like, maybe he'll, anymore, but. he'll work on that now that he's not CEO. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I've got to ask, circling back to the first um, thing about the um, Dynamo, are we storing notices now in Dynamo? Yep. Or, we, or did we back off of that because of the bug? No, no, no. Yeah. No, it, we've been storing in notices in Dynamo for a long time now weeks or months, but or did we, but did we turn off the Postgres? No, Postgres is still going and that's that. Okay. Yeah. That was the bug where, when I stopped it for a few projects, those projects started having some intermittent yeah. problems, but you fixed that this morning. I fixed that this morning. Yeah. yeah. So I bet that Postgres is going to feel so good. Like those database servers are going to be so feel so good when yeah. that gets turned off. Like they're just, just imagine they're just going to be like, oh, finally, or finally, the, I get to relax. Are they going to feel a little lonely and be like, hey, what happened? Where, where'd all the traffic go? Why aren't you talking to me anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Did I do something still, wrong? We're still sending them stuff. Like, <laughs> we're, we're still sending all our users to them. So like they actually get to interact with all the people. <laughs> Don't yeah. you love me anymore? <laughs> what did I do? And this is why I'm not running ops. <laughs> That's it. We've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't talked about really it really cool long time. that we're getting there. You know, just part of the trend of offloading more and more stuff to Amazon so that we can you know, sip drinks on the beach in Hawaii, you know? Yeah. So uh, does this mean that we can move Postgres to a RDS or something that like it? That's the direction we're headed. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are we going to have like anything? Are we just going to be like running app servers eventually? <laughs> it's and just, just going to be a totally virtual company. We're just going to yeah. sit back just and cash the checks. Keeps getting better and better. Yeah. I got to say. This life. Yeah. So speaking of loving this life, so I have a bit of an experience. I'm not going to name names because it's a kind of negative experience. I will say that, you know, for the past several years, we've run Honey Badger. And from time to time, I have, you know, kind of daydreamed, like, you know, the grass is always greener, right? And so I have daydreamed, like, oh, what would it be like to go back to a real job, you know, where I'm not in charge of everything and I'm just in charge of my little thing, you know, and I can turn off the pager and stuff. Yeah. You know, so I, I have that kind of wistful thing. Where I could go on vacations. <laughs> right, right. You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, so I think about that every now and then. But um, so recently that I had an experience where I was interacting with some uh, developers that were working on a project that didn't have a, a level of coordination that I've been used to. And I was not in control of the situation. I was not, you know, the boss. It was not my project. It was just chaotic, I think is the best way that I can describe this particular project. And I, and I, was interested in participating, but I just, I couldn't, I was like, no, I can't, I can't do that. My, my life is crazy enough. I don't need more crazy, you know, but as I thought about it, I thought, you know what, that's, there are some organizations that are like that. There are some, probably many companies that are like that, where the development team is, you know, just kind of all over the place and, and maybe they don't have a great architecture or whatever, you know? And so I just I had that experience and just made me renew my gratitude for, you know, the nice architecture that we have, for all the care that we've put into our system so that it's, you know, 
in my opinion, well-designed and reliable yeah. and it's orderly and things make sense, you know? So I'm just loving Honey Badger this week. <laughs> nice. Things are making more sense over time, it seems. So shout out to all those people who feel like they're overwhelmed by the chaos at their employer. I feel for you. It's like a hair on fire company. Everyone's yeah. running around. Right. Hey, yeah. Y'all were, y'all were talking about being able to go on vacation and I don't know if y'all have heard about jobs lately, but it seems like when I hear my friends talking about their jobs, it doesn't really seem like they get much like real like vacation where they're not like having to be glued to a computer anyway. Or not, you yeah. know, having to be like on call. I wonder like if since like so many companies have been switching to remote the past year because of the pandemic, and but they don't really, they're not, they haven't figured it out. Like, I wonder if people are really especially struggling with like being glued to Slack or, you know, being just stuck on the internet. Cause that's, that's easy to fall into. Even if you know what you're doing, I could see that, you know, where you can't go on vacation without like having Slack on your phone and checking in and, or whatever. Yeah. It's definitely a skill that you have to build up both individually and as an organization, right? Mm-hmm. To set expectations. I, I saw this cool thing. I don't remember where I saw it, but it was, it was like, a, I think it was like a signature and an email or something. And it was basically the idea was like this, this person said something on the lines of like your work hours may not be my work hours. So please do not feel obligated to respond to this during your non-work hours. Right. So the idea being like, you know, I might be up at 4am and sending you this email, but it doesn't mean you have to be up at 4am to respond to this email. You can get to it whenever. Yeah. Right. And I like the idea of, yeah, just, just being up front with people like, you know, it's okay to just be calm and not have to feel like everything's urgent sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm loving the calm company lifestyle. Yeah. I was worried, worried about that this week as I was, as I've been interacting with uh, our awesome contracting team. Oh, yeah. How's that going? It's yeah, going really well. We've been getting a lot of work done. I've been using this, uh, like I've pretty much been like centralizing everything around GitHub. So like I've spent the week pretty much living in like the GitHub notifications tab. I kind of did some work last week to like tune my GitHub notifications so that they're not quite as overwhelming as they used to be. Just like unsubscribe from projects that I'm not like directly responsible for or monitor, need to monitor. So I can now like basically keep whatever inbox zero in my notifications tab, I can be sure that any, anything that like needs my attention is in there. I've been so excited about like all the progress we've been making. Like I've been really on top of like, you know, reviewing everything like, you know, as immediately as possible. And I was like, Oh, Oh no. Like what if like people get used to this and then I'm just like, like I just live here now. Like I now exist within the GitHub notifications tab. You know, like if I add like 10 people to this process, I'm, you know, that's going to be like my full-time life. So it made me just think like I, it is important to like build the asynchronous expectation into the, you know, manage that expectation. Even if, uh, even if you, at the moment you can like, you know, be responding instantly. I've done that a bit with, um, with my blog contractors. So yeah, when I first set everything up, I was just like, like you are now, I was like just constantly monitoring my um, project management and getting back to everybody super quickly and everything. And eventually it's just like, I can't do anything else if I'm doing this. Like this has to be my full-time job forever uh, if I just keep doing this. So what I did is 
I essentially made Monday blog day and some sometimes it's spilled. I mean, it's still spilling over into other things, but eventually I want most of the blog stuff to happen on Monday. And what I mean by that is Ben Finley is going in and he's doing like if people, you know, open a ticket or they ask a question for us and it's not like something super easy to answer is something that requires a decision. They'll just be like, okay, um, we will get back to you after our meeting on Monday. So every meeting, every Monday we have a blog meeting where we just like go over all the proposals, go over questions that people have, look at what drafts need to be reviewed, et cetera. And then we just sort of like knock them all out. And then, you know, we get done with our meeting and I go off and do the stuff that doesn't make sense to have Ben Finley do because it's uh, of more of a technical nature. And yeah, so basically like everything gets sort of concentrated around Mondays. And I find that this is much more it's much more sane, much more sort of mm-hmm. tolerable because I'm not quite at the point where, you know, the rest of my week is free for other things, but I can see it. I can see it on the horizon. Um, I'm so close to it. One of the other main um, things that was holding me back from that was that I was scheduling when authors get in touch with us and want to write for us. I usually talk to them for, you know, have a brief uh, Zoom call. And I was doing those throughout the day and or th- I'm sorry, throughout the week. And that was really kind of messing with me. It was sort of breaking up my day in a weird way. And so I was like, okay, all those go on Monday too. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that, that, you know, this kind of, I don't know, in in terms of setting expectations, like we are definitely doing that in terms of just like, I kind of tell people, I'm like, if you are working on an article for us and you're actively working on us on it, it will probably take a month from start to finish. You're not going to do like four articles a month for us because it just, takes time, right? Because this isn't the only thing that we are doing. Yeah. What it sounds like is that we're finally, it, it only took us like 10 years, but we're finally getting around to implementing that four hour work week book. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, and on that note, like I decided I made a, for me was kind of a dramatic decision this week. I think it oh, was, what's this? I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't remember when, but so I had this, I had this email from Postmark. And they said, we're getting rid of TLS version one. So TLS is the, you know, the SSL protocols that web servers use when you talk to them. And uh, version one is, is old and you know, busted and we need to get rid of it. So they said, uh, you know, looks like your, your app is still talking to our API on that protocol. So you need to upgrade that you know, before we turn it off. It's going to happen in, in April, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I'll, normally, normally I would put that off. Be like, yeah, yeah, April, I'll get around to that. No problem. But for some reason, I don't know why. It just, I was like, you know what? I should just go ahead and take care of that. I knew exactly what I needed to do. I just need to, you know, upgrade Ruby. And I'll figure, well, while I'm at it, I'll upgrade the Ubuntu version that we're using because we're on, you know, we're on a, an older, still, still LTS. So we're still covered, but, but there's a newer one since then. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just make some new images. And we'll have a new Ruby, we'll have a new OS, everything will be fresh and sparkly clean, and it'll be great, and it'll last another couple of years, and I don't have to think about it again. And here's where the decision came in. Because normally, in this situation, I would just go do the thing, right? I would make a new image, boot it up, blah, blah, blah. But this time, I said, you know what? I am never going to do another thing like this again in Honey Badger without documenting it. Step by step, every thing that has to be done, every command that gets typed in, every action that I take is going to be documented so that the next time this happens, someone else can do it without me. Yay. (laughs) 
So I know you've been wanting this for a very long time, Sar and Josh, and uh, I've made efforts to document along the way, but this is the first time that I'm like, you know what? Everything I do is going to get documented so that I don't have to be anywhere near the thing the next time this process has happened. So it yeah. took me probably at least twice as long to get the task done because, you know, there's like, oh yeah, and there's that thing and oh, there's that thing. And then I had, you know, type in the document as I was going, but now like there's a document and now like anybody can do it. And it's, it's great. I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. I read the document and it like the process makes sense to me now. Like it's very <laughs> nice. demystified. I'm not volunteering to do it, by the way, um, <laughs> but I think that, it, you know, it's, it's definitely the sort of thing you, that you could just like take that piece now and like plug that into our system of, of work um, and have like, we, we could have a contractor or an employee or whatever, do it. And um, yeah, as long as they're familiar with Amazon, I mean, it's all very straightforward, probably more, it was more straightforward than I imagined. So like, I think cool. in a lot of cases, it's like, all you got to do is like write it down and it starts to starts to make sense. Yeah, I'm pulling back the curtain. So you can see how the how the sausage is made now. Yeah. Now the key to this uh, to the su success with this uh, strategy is like maintaining that document has to be part of that should be a step in the document. Because right. then you have the you know, whoever does it next time needs to prepare the way for the person that does it after them. And uh, as long as everyone keeps that documentation up to date from from that point on, then you know the torch torch gets passed, basically, uh, yeah, because things you know processes do evolve, and I'm sure it won't be exactly the same next time potentially, you know. So, right, right, yeah, you can follow that that principle of you know leave it better than you found it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I'm gonna go add a note to the document right now, right at the end, saying. If you got this far and there are any changes, go back and document those changes. Nice. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's good. But yeah, I'm, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good about that. We'll see if, if I really stick to this resolution. Like it's good, it's going to be tough, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty committed yeah. because I do want to get to a point, like, I, I guess I'm getting kind of jealous of, of stars, you know, infrastructure and, and Josh's budding new infrastructure. It's like, I want, I want my own infrastructure like yeah. that, or I can just like have everything like that. Yeah, eventually, like, I see this as like, you know, this is like an agency, this, this ability to outsource work within Honey Badger. Like, I, I want to add more to it over time. Like, we've got authors now, writing is out, you know, outsourced, and then we've got, we're specific pieces of work, like development work within the company currently, like, we're able to outsource. And the more we can plug into that system, you know, the more, the, you know, the less we have to be responsible for. I really like the idea of thinking of it like like we're building like our own little like software agency inside of Honey Badger where Honey Badger is the sole client and we can we you know basically can just like you know funnel work to it. Yeah. I kind of think of it, you know, the the stuff I've been doing, I've kind of been thinking of it almost like an engineering project. It's like I'm building machine a machine that that creates blog posts, right? Or creates, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of content um, because it doesn't, you know, you can point the machine at whatever. And yeah, the downside of that is it takes a lot longer than just making a blog post, right? It takes a lot of time to do that. But, um, you know, eventually it gets going and it's nice. One thing I just wanted to throw out there with regards to um, documenting things, and I'm not sure if this, you know, is the right choice for the stuff you're doing, Ben, or not. That's up to you to decide. But uh, one thing I found useful 
and you know, I might actually do more is, is just video for like recording, like just how do you do a thing on a website? And then, you know, what, like what series of steps do you do? Just like taking a screencast of yourself doing it. Sometimes when I remember to do it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is way easier than if I was trying to explain it to somebody. Yeah, I love that idea. I hate the idea of recording myself, but I love the idea of having that recording because, yeah, I think that provides a lot of context. And, you know, there's, I think there's value, you know, it reminds me of the, uh, the DHH's video when he introduced Rails and his, his, you know, build a blog in 15 minutes thing. And there are parts in there he's like, oops, you know, where he, he made a mistake, right? But I think, I think even in the mistakes, of those kinds of videos, there's there's a lot of valuable info. So it's like, oh, I was gonna do this, or I oh, I forgot about that, you know, and stuff that just doesn't really come up in a document like they do when you're watching someone do that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Or if those really bug you, like we could get an editor, like we have got a podcast editor, and they could just like edit out all the oopses, and so it could just. I was gonna say like, like yeah, you're just you're just in the matrix. You're Neo. Well, we could have it. We could have it transcribed too. So we get the we get the actual the guide from it as well. Um, That's right. It could just be like our internal. Yeah, yeah. Then you have to. Then you should like you know record your TMAC session or whatever, so you can have all those commands recorded for you, and you just copy and paste them in. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like sounds we'll great. just call it like we'll call it Ben Curtis University <laughs> or <laughs> well, Honey so Badger it- University. Well, that's, that's the other thing, I guess, aside from being recorded is like, it feels like the most boring thing in the world to, you know, to have someone watch this, right? Like the upgrading Ruby, compiling Ruby and, you know, doing it, you know, updating our Ansible scripts, like all those things to me just seem exceedingly soul crushingly boring to watch. And so I'm like, yeah. why would I inflict, inflict this upon anyone as I record? Not if you're me who like is trying to figure out how the hell to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be that would be exactly the video I wanted to see those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I I think there are like some newer like screen recording, like screen casting software. I think there's some software out there, um, like the newer things that people have been building that like make it a lot easier too. Like. I don't know. I forgot. I've seen a few. I don't remember their names, but it seems like if it was just easier to like, you know, record and maybe do some quick editing along the way or turn it, you know, pause it while, while the compile is happening and then, you know, resume like, okay, it's, it's finished now. And now we're back. Like little things like that make it a lot easier to, to do that on a regular basis. I'm going to have to, I'll think about that. I think I've seen Loom referenced for that. Yeah, Loom was, yeah. that was one, yeah. Loom, and, I, I, Loom scared me um, because I tried it. Uh, did I tell you about this? I don't think so. No. So Loom, I did a trial of Loom and I had left it installed on my computer. I'd, it had had some like, the app had had like some, it was like some glitchy behavior that happened a couple of times and I didn't think about it. But then one day, like it was, it was like, I forget exactly what it was doing, but I noticed it. And, um, and so like I was investigating like how to like, basically I think like, like quit it or something. And it opens up the loom website and there is like a eight hour video of my screen Mm. because, because it streams to their service. Mm -hmm. That's not cool. That's not cool at all. No, it's not at all. It's not cool. (laughs) So I like, I literally panicked. And, uh, I mean, deleted, deleted that, deleted my account and I have never used Loom again. So wow, I'm a little bit scary. skittish on Loom now. Yeah. 
there is also like, you know, you just quick time record and then like Dropbox or <laughs> Google Drive or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But then you, I mean, you lose, you lose a lot of the nice features I was talking about, like that. I think Loom is one of the ones that does have like the, the ease of use of being able to like just quickly do a screencast and, you know, it puts your little, your face down in the bottom and right. Um, it has some of those, I don't know, like editing or screencasting features. I have ScreenFlow, which is a Mac software that allows you to yeah. do recordings pretty easily. And it's I, like the classic one, huh? Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. It's a great, and I, I got it specifically to do when back in the freelancing days, actually, when I was showing client stuff, like, Hey, here's how this works, you know, and just walk them through something. And, uh, yeah, it's fantastic, but I haven't used it in a while. And I, I can't remember if it has the, like the watch your face and do the screen at the same time thing. It probably does by now. Yeah. We don't really need to see your face, Ben. Like if you're upgrading Ubuntu, like I, I mean, your face is fine. Nothing against it. But. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't want to see the pensive, like, hmm, or the utterly bored, like, oh, you know, stuff while it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just saw, I'll have to look this up because I can't remember the name of it, but I just saw on Twitter, I think it was Alex Hillman. I think he was talking about this uh, video editing thing that came out. Maybe it was on Product Hunt. I don't know. It was basically, it takes out all of the pauses. Like just does automatically cuts out all the silence for you. So huh. yeah, it does all that annoying stuff. So I'll have to check that out. Maybe that would also be something that we can help make that a nicer experience rather than just sitting there and watching me blink. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The one snag is I typically do this stuff like again at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And the rest of the family is not awake, you know? And so having me giving the monologue about what I'm doing. It's okay. You can whisper. I can whisper. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. That would be amazing. <laughs> the, the Don't forget to use pseudo. Server <laughs> <a> whisperer. <laughs> That's so awesome. I gotta have a YouTube channel. Well, the big thing in my life this week has been I got a there's a company whose name I am really embarrassed to say. So I'm going to try and avoid it. It makes giant bean bags. Um, <laughs> and so, as you all know, I, I recently um, finished building a sort of backyard office. And, you know, it's a little bit larger than just a desk. Like my desk and stuff takes up about, I don't know, a third of it. And so I, the rest of the space I really wanted to be like a nice reading nook type thing where I could, you know, where I could basically where anybody in the family could be like, okay, I want to like be in a quiet place and, you know, not be surrounded by clutter because we got a small kid. So of course everything in the main house is just a disaster. So I got this, this gigantic beanbag. It's six foot diameter and it's amazing. It's amazing. I love it. And so, oh, and I also got a matching ottoman and it's covered in this, uh, I got a rug to put under it and it's covered in this, this white stuff that looks sort of like, it looks like almost like if you've ever seen like raw cotton or something, like it's kind of like furry, it's kind of like swirly. It's, it's really nice. That's my, uh, cozy. That's my, my fun thing. Yeah. So like I can go, I can finish, I don't know, working on some, some honey badger stuff. You're like, I want to take a five minute break and I can just like go like plop down in this gigantic thing. It's yeah. Hard. It's a, like I'm the way I'm picturing this, like your desk takes up like, like a quarter of the office and then the other, the three quarters is the bean bag. Is that like, <laughs> um, pretty much. I mean, the bean bag takes up about a quarter of it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, and I've got a room divider, so I can't actually see the beanbag from my desk. It's actually turning out very nice, like this, yeah. the setup. I'm usually terrible at like interior like design or whatever, but this is actually turning out really, really great. Does, does nice. it have like is that like a freshman dorm room kind of vibe going? You know, oh no, no, yeah. no, we're much classier than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, it's got kind of a I don't know, kind of like a hippie lady vibe going. Okay, yeah. Like, I'll take a picture. I love interior design stuff, so I'm all about seeing pictures of people's places. I've, well, I've I might considered... have to get a giant beanbag now. Yeah, I've I've thought about doing that. And we we uh, our our couch needs to be replaced in our in our in our living room. And we seriously thought about like get rid of the couch and just get one of those huge beanbags or maybe two, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, we haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. <laughs> yeah. So the thing about the thing about this is you wouldn't want to sit on it with somebody who you're not comfortable sort of like snuggling up to. Because even if you're sitting separately, like you're still very close because it kind of pushes yeah. you together. I'm sure your kids um, will love it then. <laughs> Having a single beanbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they're playing Smash, I'm sure they're going to love that. Yeah. <laughs> Turn into literal Smash. <laughs> oh my God. So that's, yeah, that's been, that's been great. I'm really, nice. I'm really loving it. That's cool. You can grab the book when you need a break and just relax and totally. Oh, the yeah. other thing I've noticed, um, I hope none of I hope none of my authors are um, listening to this right now, because I've realized I can be like, let's make this an audio call on my author calls, and I can just go like sit in my giant beanbag while, <laughs> while I'm doing these calls. It's real. Yeah, I've nice. I, I've done a lot of calls this week more than usual because I'm kind of ramping up the whole sales thing and figuring that out. So I'm getting a lot of advice and talking to people, and one of the one of the calls. I, you know, was arranging the meeting and I said, you know, should we, should we just make this a phone call? Cause like, I, I don't know about you, but I've had enough zoom <laughs> and the person's like, yes, totally. We should totally just make it a phone call. And so it was nice just to be able to stand by the window, look out the window and look at the trees while I was talking, as opposed to having to stare at the screen. That's nice. Good change of pace. Yeah. It's very nice. Should we wrap it up or do you have anything else you want to talk about? Hey, let's get people to recommend their, their favorite beanbag chairs to us if they have them because oh, I'm yeah. in the market. So, okay. Yeah. I recommend your favorite beanbag chairs. I can also like go we'll offline put, and, and tell you which yeah. one I got. We put in the show notes. Can we put it in the show notes? Can we, <laughs> is it, is it that embarrassing or, or can we, can, could it go in the show oh, notes? It's fine. It's yeah. It's not, it's just, yeah. Nice. We can put it in the show notes. Awesome. You have been listening to founder quest. I got it right. I got it right this week. I didn't say honey badger. If you like us, go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you later. Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to FounderQuestPodcast.com. That's one word, where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week. <laughs>